Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cold Topics podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cold Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Bridget. And I'm Colleen. And today, Colleen and I are so thrilled that we had the opportunity to have a conversation with Dot Marie Jones. Now, when we were starting this conversation, we had some technical difficulties with sound and streaming. Connection. I think it was like a connection. Wi-Fi connection. But she is a lovely person. She is a three-time Emmy nominee, and she never even thought that she would ever be an actress. She never thought of going into acting, and you're going to hear all about that in our conversation. You know, for those of you who are like, Dot Marie Jones, I know that name. Bridget and I can say, because we are not actors, that she played Coach Beast on Glee. And that's where she got her three Emmy nominations, because... Prior to that, she was a 15-time world champion arm wrestler, which didn't really shock me because she's so strong. And she'll tell the story of how that kind of led to acting in a very roundabout, strange way, but she fell in love with it. And she's been working consistently. You'll see her actually now on the Allstate commercials. But she was very careful to fall, you know, to stay within the strike parameters. And we made sure that this interview does not in any way violate those because we don't want to get anybody in trouble. We just want to talk about midlife. And she talks about her menopause, which, you know, is a hot topic on our our Cool Topic podcast. (laughs) Yes. And she talks about how she doesn't really miss her periods. And and does anybody miss her periods? No, no, not at all. Goodness gracious. (laughs) So it's, She's just a really neat woman. And again, Bridget and I apologize for the first three or four minutes of this. We had technical difficulties and had to kind of redo the whole intro for her. And that might sound a little wonky the first three or four minutes, but then you get right into it. And like Bridget said, she talks about health issues. She talks about a a recent heart attack that had her wife not been a nurse who dealt in cardiology, she might not be here to have done this interview. So thank you, Bridget, spelled correctly for saving your <laughs> wife's life. And she talks about her time on Glee and the the kids. They aren't really kids, but she calls them kids that were on it and what she plans on doing. So we hope you enjoyed this interview. If you have any questions or comments, you can always send us an email at hotflasheskooltopics at gmail.com. And if you enjoy this episode, please rate and review because it just shoots us out to more women in their prime who need to hear about all the topics we talk about. So we're going to let uh, the conversation start with Dot Marie Jones, and we'll talk to you after. Enjoy. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. Today, we are talking to three-time Emmy nominee and 15-time world champion arm wrestler, actress Dot Marie Jones. Welcome to the show, Dot. Thank you so much. Dot, I appreciate you coming back on. I know we had some technical difficulties. We were talking about how you became a 15-time world champion and how you just, you kind of fell into it at a festival. Could you kind of start there? I entered a small competition in Northern California in a little fall festival. A friend of mine talked me into it because we were just at this, you know, festival and stuff. And so I won and uh, one, the woman, one of the women that I beat, she was a world champion in the middleweight class because this tournament specifically only had one uh, women's class. And so I, her name was Lori, or is Lori Cole, and Lori 
we talked afterwards and she said, you need to come to Petaluma, which is where they held the world championships in California. So I found out all the information and went up there and won my first world title at 19. And I was like hooked because the trophies were beautiful and you, you didn't win a lot of money, but you won, you know, depending on the tournament, like at that fall festival, I had won like, I think like 150 or a hundred dollars or something like that, which it was a lot of money for a 19-year-old kid, and it was it was crazy. And so I was like, okay, I could get into this. So I started going to – I won the world title in Petaluma and then uh, met so many people in this crazy sport. I want to make sure that the listeners – because I don't know how much of the technical difficult we had, difficult we had – but you went from 5'6 to 6'1 in the eighth grade and actually fractured your own back. And that's why you had to strengthen. What was that like? I mean, I can't even imagine the pain of growing that many inches in a year. It was it was horrible. And it was like a lot of people will get the pain in your knees, that Ashtig slaughter. You'll, you'll have those little knobby things right below your kneecaps. And I never had that. Mine was all in my lower back. So... I'd get up every morning and just, just about crying because my back hurt so bad and I'd straighten myself up in the doorway and then go stand in the shower until my back warmed up. And that's what got me, you know, lifting and stuff is, or lifting weights and all is to strengthen my lower back. So it wasn't so excruciating. Out of high school, I went to Modesto Junior College okay. for two years. And then I got a full ride to Fresno State. Uh, for track and field. Okay. I could have played basketball as well. I got a lot of offers in high school and stuff for all over the country. I was very blessed to have that because I was really good at basketball and track and field, but I just wanted to focus on, you know, the track and field part of it. And so that's what I did. So ended up going to Fresno State. Yeah. You went from Fresno State with track and field to criminology working with juvenile probation, to acting. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I never in my life thought I would be doing what I'm doing today. And I love it. And I wouldn't change a thing. And I, in my heart of hearts, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But I started taking criminology classes because I liked it in um, junior college. So when I got to Fresno State, I majored in criminology, got a job at juvenile hall, but I was still, after college, I was still competing in track and field, and I also still competed in uh, weightlifting. And I would do them, they'd have me come in and do it at, like, bodybuilding contests. And so I made friends, because I'd see the same bodybuilders at these certain contests, and one of them, Shirley Eason, played Sky on American Gladiators. Shirley and her husband at that time, we had met at a bodybuilding exhibition, because Shirley was competing in bodybuilding. She's incredible. And she's tall too, like me. And Shirley was an incredible bodybuilder. And one day I was still working juvenile hall and um, I was in the process. I was getting tired of the hall and the kids and stuff. And so I was going to go on to adult probation and I was going through the process of that. And Shirley calls me and she said, Dot, they're looking for big women, big, strong women for a new show that was set in like a medieval time setting and stuff. It was really cool and so much fun. So I thought, okay, what the heck? I don't have anything to lose. So I found out, called Carol O'Leary, who was the casting director. Shirley gave me her number and stuff. I'll never forget her either. Found out all the information. I thought, 
Like I just said, I have nothing to lose. I can always go back to, you know, probation. So came down to LA, auditioned. There was probably 200 and some, close to 300 women auditioning for these four spots. Uh, the first day was physical agility. And at that time, I was very quick for my size and and strong and all that. So I did very well. So they said, well, um, tonight by 830, we're going to call you back for if tomorrow, if we want you to come back tomorrow for a cold read. And I'm like thinking, what the hell is a cold read? Because I knew nothing. I knew nothing about acting. I said, "Okay, do we read in somewhere cold?" I didn't want to sound so naive. So that night, I got a call, and I said, "We'd like you to come back tomorrow for a cold read." And I said, "Um," <laughs> without trying to sound stupid, I said, "Okay, so what would somebody wear to this cold read? What what would I wear?" And they said, "Well, wear your best warrior outfit." That didn't help much either. So <laughs> I just remember I went out and I got a red tank top and I got a gray sweatshirt and cut it up. And so you could see the red through it. And then I had these, I had these workout pants, happened to have them with me. They were zebra print. And so <laughs> I just made up this and I went in the next day and um, did the cold read. And they said, okay, well, we'll let you know. And so I was like, Okay, so I went back to Fresno, and um, two weeks later, I got a call. From that, you know, I, I was learning the whole time because I didn't know anything. And they said, you know, we're, we're going to have you come down, and we're going to get ready and do the wardrobe and all that stuff. And then training, we trained, I think, for two weeks before we shot the pilot. They said, after we shoot the pilot, we have to sell the pilot. And then they ended up selling it, and they sold 26 episodes. And so I came back, and... I never had more fun in my whole life. And I'm like, I want to do this. From there on the shows that you've been on and then mm -hmm. also broad Broadway as well. That is amazing because you don't really how did feel, that Yeah. How did it lead from there? Years ago when Bridget and I had gone to Vegas, um, we were at the Venetian or the Palazzo and they said they had a new show that had just opened and they wanted us, they get, offered us free tickets. So I'm like, oh, cool. So we went and it was Rock of Ages. And it's totally the music that we love, you know, the 70s rock. And um, we were like, this is incredible. 70s, 80s rock, actually. And um, so every time we went to Vegas, I mean, there were some weekends we'd go to Vegas and we'd see it twice. That's how much we loved it. And when you can go to, there's so many shows in Vegas, but we knew we'd have a good time. <laughs> so we're like, oh, let's just go. Let's just go. And so I think we saw it like 23, 25 times in Vegas. And one of the first times we went, Bridget said, I think it would be hilarious if you played Dennis Dupree, the bar owner. And he talks like this. He's kind of a rough guy, you know, like that. <laughs> and um, we had gone to uh, New York for a screening for this um, short film that I'd done. Also, my birthday was that weekend, January 4th. I had been having some health problems and I'd been to the doctor several times and I was told I had adult onset asthma. And for women, we got to be our own advocate because mm -hmm. we were in Vegas and before, and then we went to New York for the show and stuff. And I would walk like 50 feet and I would, you know, when you go outside and you breathe cold, cold air mm -hmm. and that burning yes. in your chest, yes. that's what I feel. And, um, so we were in, in, I'm sorry, in New York, and I was having that problem again. I'm like, it was so dang cold. I was like wondering, you know, was part of it the cold? 
And the doctors, these two female doctors that I had seen had prescribed me really strong inhalers, which unfortunately was only making my condition worse uh, instead of helping me. And uh, we went and saw, we could have gone to see anything in New York. And a bunch of our friends that we had made in Vegas in the Rock of Ages show were in New York. So we said, let's go to the Rock of Ages. So we went to Rock of Ages and I saw that the casting director for the Rock of Ages, um, I had known him because they had approached me to do a potential play when I was um, doing Glee, but I couldn't because of filming. And so um, when I got home, um, I, I sent him an email. I said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that we didn't get to do. And, you know, it's my dream to play Dennis Dupree. And so that was on January 7th, I think I sent that. And on, or actually it was on the morning of January 9th, because we didn't come home. Well, January 9th, later that day, after I'd sent the email and stuff, Bridget and I were setting up for Christmas decorations, or taking down our Christmas decorations, rather. And um, I just wasn't feeling great. And Bridget goes, you're going to our cardiologist, because I don't like this. And Bridget used to be a uh, cardiology nurse. I was having a heart attack. Oh, and, gosh. oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, so much for asthma. And we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. And we're back. I went to the doctor with Bridge and, and Dr. Wynn, who's Bridget. Bridget also prior, like four years prior, had had a stroke. And so Dr. Wynn was our cardiologist. And we both were going to him because of this for her and for also my family history. The night that um, we went and saw Dr. Wynn, or the day he had set up to do an angiogram the next morning. And I said, I, I got, excuse me, I got to use the restroom. So I walked out of his office and Bridget and he were still in there while he was setting up for this for the next morning. And I came back from the restroom, which was maybe 25 feet away. And I was rubbing my chest. And he said, just walk into the restroom. It's doing that. And Bridget says, please put her in the hospital. And he said, oh, absolutely. He said, I think, you know, and so to do blood work and stuff to, check your uh, troponin. And so I went to the hospital, Bridge took me to the hospital and um, my troponin, which shows, you know, whether you're having a heart attack or in your cardiac arrest, it went from 0.14 to four in three hours, which meant I was in the middle of a heart attack. And so they rushed me down to the cath lab and thank God, because I was having a widow maker and oh only gosh. 9%, only nine per, eight or 9% lived through that. And my, um, uh, it's tough. It was um, my artery. Sorry. That's no, okay. Take your time. Take please. your time. Yeah. Um, my artery was 99% blocked. Oh my gosh. Gosh. So Dr. Wynn was able to open it up and put a stent in. I only had one stent. And by the grace of God, Bridget made me go because I wouldn't have lived. And. You know, and then with your wife, with Bridget, you said Thank she had a stroke. She... Thank God for her doing that. And then yeah. she's had a, a major medical issue as well. And I mean, it and sounds hers, like yeah. hers was due to a PFO, the hole in your heart that we're all born with. And it closes as soon as you take that first breath, supposedly. Mm -hmm. And um, so she had a first, her first one was a major stroke. And then. Um, 
I had to make the choice whether she got the TPA, which is the stroke medicine. It's called a clot eater. I've never been so scared to make the wrong choice in my life because they said the chances, if if it's an aneurysm, she'll bleed out and die if they give her that medicine. If it's a stroke, it'll eat the clot. And um, I thank God I made that choice because I, I was like, I was like, what the hell do I say? I, I, you know, I have three stepdaughters. I would die if they, you know, if I made the wrong choice. And I told the doctor, I said, I don't even know how to make this decision. I want to make the right decision. He said, if it was my wife, I'd do the TPA. And I said, go. And they had had it already set up before the ambulance even got there because uh, of yeah. the, you know, coming in with stroke symptoms. So she ended up having another mild stroke a few months later. And then they finally did the closure and they were able to close the hole in the heart. And how and so, have anyway, both of you been? How have both of you been since that time? Bridget has a few residual things from like memory, like um, some things she doesn't remember. And um, I said, that's okay. It's all brand new then. You know, mm-hmm. as long as you remember you love me and you're here and you, you want to be here, then I'm good. I, I just can't believe what we've been through. And it's it'll be 13 years that we've been together in December. So the long story longer is on January 9th, I had the heart attack. And so I was home resting and I had sent Duncan um, that message. Duncan Stewart was the casting director in New York. And um, Bridget made me lay in bed all week. So I was laying in bed and on uh, like three days, I came home the next morning after the procedure and like a day or two later, I get a, a ding and I say, oh, it's Duncan. So I open up this text message and I just started bawling and Bridget's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I couldn't even read it. He said, I missed you guys. You Next time you and Bridget are out here, let's have dinner. Um, also, I have an offer out to your agents for you to play um, Dennis Dupree in, in New York's um, Rock of Ages. Oh my God. So it's like, incredible. Oh my God. And I'm like thinking, how the hell am I going to do this? I just had a heart attack. So that was, that was my physical therapy. Cause in two weeks, um, two weeks after that, I think I went to New York or not even two weeks. And then I had to learn the script and the choreography and everything. And I learned that in two weeks. And then I opened in New York, it was an off-Broadway production, and it was um, uh, in February. Oh, man. Okay, that's perseverance for sure. <laughs> that's all oh, your perseverance, huh? Yes. Wow. Oh and it's just so frightening because women don't realize that heart disease is the number one killer for women. Yeah. And we don't feel it the same way that men do when you're having and a heart attack. Maybe, and like the symptoms that I have, maybe... A hundred women won't have those symptoms, but they'll have different ones. Right. And so um, it's just, you know, pay attention. And it's, oh, my God, I'm so lucky. Yes. So with this singing that you're, did did you know you had this singing ability? Was Well, isn't there a story around the big show you were on that kind of took you skyrocketed that they actually wrote in your part? Um, yeah, I had ran into Brad Falchuk at a grocery store and I had done different show, I should say, uh, that Ryan had done. And I said, what are you doing? He said, well, we're just finishing up the first season of that show and, um, this other show that you're talking about. And I said, oh my God, 
I said, write me a part. I want to come work with you guys because I loved working with them. He said, well, can you sing? And I said, I'm no Mariah Carey, but I can carry a tune. And <laughs> honestly, two months later, they contacted my agent and asked what I was doing starting mid-July that they had written a role for me on that show. What was it like? You went on that show and, I mean, everyone knew that show. Everyone still knows that show. And then everyone knew you. What was that right. like for such a, you know, your trajectory of popularity just skyrocketed? What was that like for it was, you? It was crazy. It, it, I'm very blessed to have been on that show. It has changed my career tremendously. And the, it, my first three years on there, I was Emmy nominated. And that changed a lot of things, too, where instead of having to audition for certain things, you're offered certain things. It was it was truly amazing. And I had never sang on a show. And um, my first song on there actually was a solo. Or no, I had done a, 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 a thing with Matt Morrison, which was so much fun. And uh, a George Thorogood song. And then I got, you never knew what was coming up until you got the script. And so the script came and I was like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. I had a solo. And I don't proclaim to be a singer by any means. And I'm barely an actress. It was Jolene. And mm -hmm. I um, was terrified and so excited. It was unbelievable. And I actually, I never met her, but I heard that D Dolly liked it. And I'm like, I'm good. I don't have to sing another song. Dolly Parton said, that's all right. And, yeah. Um, yeah, because other than Dolly's, my favorite was Mo Miley Cyrus's version of it. it. It's just, it was so much Fun. I mean, it was a lot of work, like 16, 18 hour days, but it was, it, it was so gratifying because you don't realize how many people help. I always said, you be careful with words because you don't know how they'll affect people and you don't know how it'll come back and affect you. And that show um, was one of the ones that I was blown away my first couple of seasons on there, the women that I would hear from because of the domestic violence episodes um that they said it gave them strength to leave an abusive partner and i was like oh my god i would ball i'd sit there and read these messages on facebook or you know instagram and i'm like oh my god and i'd, I'd try to write back to every one of them and i'm sure i didn't get to all of them but you know just so proud of them and and just you know what you take care of you and so it's like ever since then like even before that, I've been I've turned down things that I thought were disrespectful to women and walked away from one that it was a comedian show. And I never have to work with him again. I, he thought they thought it was so funny, but it was so disrespectful. I'm like, you know what? I was looking for a job when I got this one. I don't need this crap. I say <laughs> if my family, if I'm embarrassed for my family to see something, I'm not doing it. That is such a good motto. I mean, that is such a good thing to live by. What was it like working with people who were supposed to be high school students, but were actually in their 20s, a little bit wild? You were kind of, I can't say you were the parent on the set because you weren't that much older, but what was that set like? There are good days and bad days. You know, you go in, you do your work. And I mean, I'm still in touch with a few, quite a few of the kids. I say kids, they're now almost 40. <laughs> It was fun. It was a lot of work and it was fun and it was rewarding. And I know that I got the best things I could have gotten out of that show. And I believe I put in my best. Oh, well, we think you did. I, I think 
that just brought so much another dimension, another whole piece of depth to that show that Mm -hmm. your character did. I just, you know, it was great. And I think for a lot of us who had kids that were, I mean, my kids are in their 20s, but just kids are in their 20s. They would come sing a song and say, oh, look at the song from that show. And we're like, no, actually, that's a song from the <laughs> 70s and 80s. It's a remake. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you have been consistently working this whole time. And now you've got a little bit of a break time with the strike. What have you been doing to, to keep yourself busy? Um, I, six weeks ago, Tuesday was six weeks. I had a total knee replacement on my left leg. Gosh, that'll keep you busy. Yeah. So I, um, prior to that six months ago, um, six and almost seven months ago now I had done, I have a commercial running. Yes. I saw it. I saw it. We have it. Oh, I thank God. Cause I was like, Oh God, with I was nervous to have my knee surgery, but with the strike and everything, I talked to Brittany, my my agent, and I said, you know, I, I think I should and she said, Absolutely. And so I did it and I'm very thankful because pro- the um the progression of what I'm going through and the and the rehab has been incredible. And it's like it's a pain, it still hurts a lot, but it's a different kind of pain that the kind that you know is gonna go away. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like three days before I had surgery, the commercial started running. And I said, OK, that's a sign. I'm supposed to have it right now. Because our, our podcast is called Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we would be remiss yes. without asking you, how did your menopause experience go? Was it easy transition? Were okay. you struggling? <laughs> um, mine, OK, one thing I didn't know and I found out from my gynecologist is that um, the later you start your period, the sooner you go through menopause. Didn't know that. Oh, wow. So because of, I don't know if it was because of sports or just because of how I was built. Um, I didn't get my period till I was like 15. Mm. So I and it was horrible. I had polyps and stuff. You know, um, I never had to have surgeries. They would give me stuff to make them shrink and all this stuff. And it was horrible. I had horrible periods. I started menopause in my forties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Bridget and I talk <laughs> about it all the time because it would be like a ball of fire in between my shoulder blades. And then it would come up over my head and it would just be, I'd be a thousand degrees, which was really a pain in the butt when I was working because poor makeup had to come in and powder me and get the rose almost looked like rosacea on my face, but it was just because I was burning up and um, it was horrible, but I didn't miss my periods. Not one bit (laughs) after what I went through. I was like, Oh hell yeah. I would go through that hot flashes again, just to not have them. It was so bad, but it, it probably, the hot flashes and stuff lasted a few, probably a few years, but I still have everything. So I don't have to do the hormones. So, um, I haven't had to have a hysterectomy or anything. And, um, so, but, oh my God, those hot flashes. Mm -hmm. I got them horribly. I did. And I was for, I was, I did. I was 47, you know, I actually started the Perry before that in the forties, in my early forties. So yeah, it was bad. Colleen, you didn't the hot flesh thing. I was fifty-five. Yeah, I she was fifty-five. 55. But I yeah. have to say, even though I'm on the other end, I'm post. The hot flashes at night still kind of make me really uncomfortable. They're yeah, not horrible, right. but I'm just like, is it hot in here? 
And my poor husband's like, no, it's freezing. <laughs> oh my God. Did Bridget have a bad experience or was hers, you know? Um, like- she's like nine years younger than me. So she actually just turned 50 this last year. Um, she had a hysterectomy because uh, of endometriosis and probably about 10 years ago, maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe and, but they had left her ovaries. So just recently, because of um, Bridget's mom had passed a breast cancer, and Bridget had um, what they call type zero um, mm-hmm. or stage zero of when she had a mammogram on a lump that she had. And so, which means the, the cells were there, but they hadn't turned into cancer. So she had the, she had a double mastectomy. And so she has always been, you know, because of what her mom went through with breast cancer and then it did go to uterine cancer. And so she was always nervous about them leaving the ovaries in there. And so she had a blood work done and a um, CA-125 is, P- CA is one of the te- blood tests for, to, and if it, what your numbers are. And so her numbers were up and down, up and down, which is scary because it's uh, one of the markers for uh, ovarian cancer. And so she had her ovaries removed and it was once she had her ovaries removed, she started, the doctor said, when the doctor took them out, she said, you could even have them uh, start having hot flashes a few hours after surgery. Wow. No, that's how it shoots it's you right in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right into menopause. And so she has the nighttime deals. That's another st- thing, though, that she was so proactive to look yes. for this. I mean, that's a big message we want to get out to women is just knowing what's going on and being proactive and being an advocate for yeah. yourself, for the people you love. And Thank goodness. Both Bridget and I have been very blessed with second chances. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't take it for granted. And you can't, again, you can't wish it away. Right. We got to take care of ourselves and take care of our loved ones. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on today. It was such a fun conversation and we appreciate your time. And we can't wait to talk to you when we could be a little more specific about stuff. (laughs) I know. I apologize. It's not your fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, promise me if you want me back, I'll do it again and we can talk about everything. And we're so happy that you're both healthy and doing yes. well. Yeah. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you so much. <laughs> you girls are wonderful. That was so much fun. She's such a pleasure to talk to and such a sensitive woman. Her life story is so interesting. She needs to write a book. Really yes. Book. I mean, just talking about the pain she went through when she was in eighth grade. And oh my gosh. How, Can you oh imagine how much pain that she's had to go through yet? She's still so upbeat. You know, just the way you look at life can make such a difference. And that then her, con- point. her, it is. And her convictions too, when she talked about how, you know, if, if my family would be embarrassed, if I'm going to hurt my family, I'm not doing the job. She doesn't care what it pays, what's going on. She's not going to do it. If it is going to, um, bring some embarrassment to them and being careful with your words and what you say and how that's going to affect other people. I just, I really admire a lot, so much about her. I agree. And she has agreed that once the strike is over, she's going to come back and tell us yes. lots more stories. So Yay. we hope you enjoyed this episode again. You can always email us, hotflashescooltopics at gmail.com. You can watch all the videos 
on our YouTube channel. Make sure you've joined our YouTube channel. It has been growing quickly and we have just enjoyed sharing these episodes. Bridget does a lot of shorts and it's just really interesting. So go over there, Hot Flashes, Cool Topics and check it out. We are our website, hotflashescooltopics.com. Do you see a pattern with the Hot Flashes Cool Topics? <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, everything else. We are there and we hope you join us. Have a great week, guys. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.